yeah, you want a whole lot of, yes, yes, I love this. Ah, I like it. Excitement. And a whole, a lot less of just, eh, it's okay. Eh. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Does it spark joy? A simple but powerful question, which serves as the foundation for the KonMari method. I mean, those two words, they're rooted so deeply in KonMari tidying and the KonMari lifestyle that we decided to make that phrase the title of our podcast. So we really care about this idea and we're so excited to talk to you about it today in this episode. We'll discuss what spark joy truly means and how to apply it to your tidying event. We'll share practical tips on how to build your own personal awareness of joy and how to apply this concept to your decision-making. The term will start to become a part of your vocabulary and you'll see joy everywhere. We'll break this idea down for you in just a second, but we first want to jump in and do a joy check. So Karen, what's sparking joy for you these days? Well, hi, Kristen. I'm so happy to be getting ready for um, Thanksgiving and planning a trip home to see my family in Kansas City. Um, This year, all of my side of the family will be together. All the brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, everyone will be in the same place, which almost never happens. (laughs) So I'm expecting a lot of just loud craziness and fun, and um, it should be a great time. I'm also really loving packing these days because it takes almost no time at all. I know where everything is, and once it's all packed, I can find things. So there's that. So, Kristen, what's going on with you? Well, I'm also super excited about the holidays. I'm heading to Virginia for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Usually I just can make it there for one or the other, but this year I'm going there for both because one of my friends is getting married over the Thanksgiving holiday. So I'm excited to see all of my friends across Northern Virginia and Maryland and DC. And I just want to take time to recharge and prepare for the new year. I also just recently saw my brother and my sister-in-law, and I too loved how I spent maybe 20 minutes packing my suitcase (laughs) for that trip. Uh, And it was super great to see them and my sister-in-law's family, who I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with, and they they are expecting. So I'm excited wow. to be an aunt come February. Oh, so that's really joyful. Thank you. Have fun. Weddings are fun. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so now that we've had our joy check, let's get down to this business of this joy sparking idea. You know, what does this truly mean? So first it might help to know how Marie Kondo explains his concept of spark joy. In Japanese, the word that's used is tokimiku, and it translates into the English phrase spark joy, and it means to flutter with a little thrill in the same way that we describe how our hearts can flutter with joyful emotion when something makes us happy or excited. The practice is to pay attention to how your body reacts when you're holding your possessions. For example, when an item sparks joy, You can see Marie's face light up and you can see a lightness and contentment to her entire being. 
Mui demonstrates this concept by picking up an item and hugging it close. You may have seen her do this in videos on YouTube, and we'll be sure to include some of the links in our show notes. Yeah, I always tell my clients the best thing really about the Kanmari method is that it gives you the permission to keep any and everything you want as long as it sparks joy. There's no specific number of things you need to keep, specific type of things you need to keep. It's all up to you to figure that out. Now, I also tell them that the worst thing about Kanmari at times can be that it gives you the permission to keep everything that sparks joy. You don't want to fall into that trap of, you know, kind of misusing or abusing that rule and making broad stroke decisions about what sparks joy. The goal is to create harmony between you, your possessions, and your home. So, for example... Um, In this idea, if your home is just packed to the ceiling with things that you really believe spark joy, then there's still a problem because obviously you want to be able to live in harmony with the things that you own and not feel overwhelmed by them. So it's important to determine what exactly sparks joy. And that's what we'll try to do during our episode. Yeah, it's all about boundaries. Uh, Your home is presenting you with a certain amount of space. It's not about trying to force fit bins and other shelving units and and furniture onto your home in order to accommodate your things. You want to start with what really truly matters, what sparks joy, and the way we can ground that and make sure that you're working within the boundaries of your home is to consider your vision as the context for your tidying event. So if you're struggling with coming up with a vision for your ideal lifestyle and living environment, we suggest that you head on over to episode five of Spark Joy. We took a deep dive into how to create your vision. So that would be a great refresher for you. And just remember that Kanmari is very future focused. So if you're asking yourself, does this item spark joy and fit within the vision for the quality of life you've envisioned for yourself in the future, then you're on, you're all set. You're on track. So again, we always come back to this idea of vision. It's so important in Kanmari and just kind of the touchstone that we always return to. And so let me tell you about an example for me um, regarding my vision for the future. And that includes getting better at yoga. Um, I know that it's really important to me that as part of my yoga practice, I have what I consider to be cute um, yoga clothes that fit well and that are very functional. And when I did my Kanmai organization um, tidying festival, I piled up all of my yoga clothes, everything that I had at the time, and I picked up each one. And I tried to think about whether I liked the way it looked, whether I liked the way it looked on me, and whether or not it was in good condition. And then I thought about how often I actually chose to wear it. So for example, I had some things that were cute, but I just didn't feel, they just weren't comfortable. Or I had things that were really comfortable, but they were really sloppy. So I found myself just pushing them aside um, and picking something else. So when something was just right, I knew that it was something that I should keep because I could see myself wearing it. I knew that I would wear it and that it would help me enjoy my yoga classes. So On the other hand, when I picked up something that was like a little worn or sloppy, I tried to think about whether or not it really supported my vision for the future. And so kind of making that that decision-making process, going back and forth and thinking about all aspects of the item, really helped me to know 
what to keep and what to let go of. And I think more importantly for the long term, it really helped me um, in my shopping for the future because I I recognize that this this was an area that I really felt good about investing um, money into. In other words, you know, buying some things, putting the money into buying some cute things that I really liked because um, this was an area that was important to my vision. And um, I then started avoiding um, my previous practice of sometimes just buying the cheapest things because it's just yoga clothes um, and instead focusing on buying some things that I really loved. Yeah, I love that. I also have put fitness first lately uh-huh, and uh-huh. I've had to really examine my workout clothes once again and everything sparked joy, but the numbers were off, I found. Uh, and that didn't spark joy. So in my vision, I only like doing laundry once a week. That's ah. it on the same day. So um, usually on a Sunday or a Saturday. So what was happening was I only had four yoga pants and they were high quality. I loved everything about them, but there was only four pants and I was working out six days a week. So um, I found myself having to do additional um loads of laundry. And that did not spark joy. So I realized now on my mindful shopping list that I need to purchase a couple more yoga pants and I know exactly the brand I want, exactly what I need. Um, But yeah, the numbers just weren't matching up. I had enough socks, enough shirts, enough sports bras, but not enough yoga pants. So (laughs) yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, that's actually very funny because now that you mentioned that, I think in terms of what I have seven of, mm-hmm. <laughs> one for each day. And I think it's a lot of things because I'm the same way. I try to do laundry once a week. And so having seven items of things that I wear every day is kind of the right number. Right. Um, and it's so funny because I hadn't really thought of that until you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. It was really annoying me recently. And I figured it out. though. <laughs> I figured out what the problem was. So now I can just move forward with the solution. But yep. Yeah. So I can share the example that I have, which is actually around the vision of my ideal living environment. That's something else to consider when you're thinking about your vision. It's kind of twofold where it's the vision for your life and also the vision for your space. So when I was moving from Virginia to Chicago, I was staying within my apartment living. I don't think I've, besides when I live with my parents, I've, I've always lived in like 800 50 square feet or less. Um, So I'm used to living in smaller spaces. And I had a very clear vision of what I wanted my space to look like. It was very easy for me to come up with that, of course, because I spent four years of my life uh, (laughs) studying interior design. So it came naturally to me. But so I wanted to make it super specific. So I decided that I wanted my space to feel really grown up. Um, chic, but extremely comfortable and eclectic as well in, d- in the design theme. I wanted the space to be dotted and highlighted by sentimental items that represented my family's legacy. So only mm-hmm. like the most important things and items that represented the major milestones in my life. And I wanted someone to walk in who's like a complete stranger and just enter my home and get who I am immediately and just understand what I'm all about. And I want it to be a semi-blank canvas in terms of, you know, having counters clean, not like a stark environment. Like I said, I wanted it to be inviting and have warm colors and um, a lot of interest. But I wanted like the act, uh, the surfaces to be clear for activities mm-hmm. and uh, 
open for gathering. So almost like the people are the accessories Mm. of the space rather than the accessories overwhelming someone coming into the space. So I was very clear on this vision and everything I selected moving forward had to fit in that framework. And I can give you an example. So my great grandmother, she, even in her nineties was making ceramic pottery. And I have one of her pieces. That was my absolute favorite that I always used to comment on. And when she passed, my aunts passed that piece down to me. So that piece is the centerpiece of my dining room table. Uh, But even the container in my bathroom that holds my toilet paper (laughs) was something that I bought with a lot of intention. I wanted a specific style, a specific shape. It had to fit in a specific space. And even that small little item sparks joy, you know? So, so yeah, so there's just was a wide wide range, but really the key was I just needed to fit into this vision of my space. Not only what items need to be there, but the overall feeling I wanted in the space. Well, I love the way that you you said all of the items in your home have been chosen so thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this idea that that things in your home um, have a story Yes. And that has also been really important to me. I I mean, I think it's great to like go and just buy beautiful things and 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 create um kind of a designed environment, but I also really love this idea that, you know, whatever you have in your home, whatever you choose to surround yourself with actually has is thoughtful and meaningful. So I really do love that. Yeah. So as a review to recap what we were just discussing, this whole idea of how to decide um, how things fit into your future vision for yourself. Does it move you closer to your future goals? Does this item fit into the future vision of your best life or is it just merely okay? Yeah, you want a whole lot of, yes, yes, I love this. Ah, oh, I like it, excitement. And a whole, a lot less of just, eh, it's okay. Eh. Whenever my clients make that motion or that sound, <laughs> I always stop them and say, yeah, no, that's not really what we want. We want we want you to smile when you th- see this item, you know, whether it be a book or paper or, or, or a paper clip or <laughs> or a um, or pen or a shirt or furniture item. It does not matter what it is like we even the little things we want maximum impact of joy. So. Yeah. The it's expression impor- on the face tells exactly. it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's important to remember if everything is important to you or if everything you cross that crosses your path sparks joy, then nothing is truly important. So it's important that we want those joyful items and those priority joy items to really shine. So it's important to keep that joy bar very high. And that's the way you make things in your in your home look super intentional no matter how many there are or where they are, um, it, it's important to you. So they stay. And you really want to consider how comfortable you are with making decisions. So if you are, you feel like decision-making is a burden when you have a large quantity of things, you can cut back on the amount of items until it's a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So while you're holding an item, say a book in your bookcase, you may feel a very positive reaction in your body because you love what is contained in the book. You love the feel of the book in your hands. You love the way that you're able to return to the book again and again. And if everything about the book is makes you feel glad that you own it, if you feel happy that you, that you have it in your life, that is a good way to determine that something 
is continuing to spark joy for you. So, but on the other hand, if you bought the book and you never got around to reading it, or if you read only a part of it and never really got around to or felt like returning to it, maybe this book has already served its purpose in your life. Maybe you were only meant to read a part of the book. Maybe whatever was contained in that part was what you needed to read. Or maybe the act of just purchasing the book or receiving it was the role the book held in your life. If you feel guilt or anxiety when you hold it, maybe this book is not serving you in your vision for the future. And the beautiful thing about what happens right after you release the book is you allow for a more important, more obviously joyful book to shine more. And you invite and create space for maybe another super joyful book to come into your life, whether it be through a something you see on social media that you would like that encourages you to buy, you know, a new book by a new author, or maybe the next time you're in the bookstore, you'll land on something that now can fill that void in your house. Well, and not only that, but then you're also by letting go of the book that has served its purpose, you are allowing that book to go on to serve a purpose for someone else. Exactly. That's yes. That's such a beautiful thing. And Again, this all comes down to gratitude. <laughs> but mm. before we talk more about gratitude, I want to loop back and just really reiterate how how you can actually keep your joy bar high. So I always recommend that uh, clients write everything down, or usually I write things down for them as I observe them interacting with their things and uh, things that you should write down. So things that are super joyful for you. Um, and also things that are not joyful for you. So a no, no joy list, for example, um, that I find that the things that aren't joyful for me, like inform and enlighten me as much as things that are joyful. So I write both down. Um, and also this is a great time to do an inventory of those things that come up, you know, that ripped shirt that you never took to the tailor or that book that you've been meaning to cut, you know, one page out of and, then maybe discard. Uh, so it's great to keep a, a mindful shopping list and also a project list as you're working through your categories. Uh, and yeah, so that gives you a great base to one, maybe declutter the number of things you need to take care of after your tidying's complete. Or, you know, whenever you uh, run to the store, you'll now be guided to bring things into your home that, you know, really, truly matter and things that you really, truly need. So you're in, in, after you make all of these lists and things, you're actually left with a criteria. So if, for example, uh, with books, uh, think books that you haven't read yet is, is your criteria that like books that you haven't read don't bring you any joy. Um, then now, you know, moving forward that that's how you're going to shape decisions about the books that you're currently moving through. I think every single client that I've worked with has told me at some point, usually spontaneously, that their entire relationship with shopping has changed. And just exactly what you were saying, their their concept of of what they want to bring into their lives and the number of things that they want to bring into their lives just drastically Mm -hmm. changes. For sure. But keep in mind that if you're having trouble making decisions about joy and how um, and what items spark joy, that um, sometimes it's difficult to uh, look at individual items in isolation and that um, subcategories are your friends. So you're always 
taking a look at items as they are piled up in their subcategories so that you can look at them in terms of their relationship to other things. So you also want to try touching, hugging, and looking closely at items about which you are not certain. And that goes back again to some of the things that Marie Kondo actually demonstrates in some of her videos. Um, she literally does that. She picks up each item, she hugs it close, um, and looks at it really closely, and, and that helps inform her decisions. So keep in mind that joy is also a moving target. Um, sometimes during the process or after the process, you find that something that sparked joy at one time no longer does because you've either outgrown that style, um, your body has changed, as they all do with time, or the way that you spend your time has changed. Things wear out, they get used up or they get misplaced. Um, or you have new needs and new interests, things in your life change, um, major life transitions occur. You may have gone through a big move, have a new baby or have kids that have gone away to school. Um, and just many things in our homes come and go. That's just the nature of, of life. Things are transitory. Yeah. If you think about the passage of time and your evolution as a person, this process can help you understand whether something is part of your future or maybe it's just hanging out, you know, from the past in <laughs> the form of clutter. And so Marie states very well that when we really delve into the reasons for why we can't let something go, there are only two, an attachment to the past or a fear of the future. So the wonderful thing about being self-aware and having the Kanmari tool and approach, it never leaves you. It's in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. So if you ever have a change in your life or your situation or ultimately your vision, you can be confident in the fact that you know how to handle that now because you have that tool and you're able to make uh, the right decisions and be super appreciative of your ability to seek joy. Yeah, keep in mind that the, the, we call it the KonMari practice for a reason because it's really about a practice. And and especially as you begin the process, uh, it's really about building your decision-making muscle. And very mm -hmm. few of us are really uh, in touch with the things that, that spark joy when we begin this journey. And that's for why sure. mm -hmm. that's why everything is laid out the way it is. And that's why there's a real, um, that's why the categories are the way they are. That's why the vision um, is so important in the beginning and it all just kind of works together. Although sometimes it may seem, you know, it doesn't make sense sometimes the way that um, <laughs> Kanmai functions until you actually do it. And then you see that you've really begun to grow as a person and your, your awareness and your, 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 um, your, your, your comfort level with your own being has just really grown. Yeah. So, but that brings up another whole, um, the counterpoint to this whole spark joy thing. What if something doesn't necessarily spark joy, but you need it for a practical reason? Um, and this can apply to a whole lot of things in our lives. And Marie Kondo talks about this idea that objects like having a job to do. Um, they like having a purpose. Um, and what you can do when you're thinking about these items that are more practical, um, you can consider the job that it's meant to do. Does this item perform its job well? So for example, let's talk about a kitchen knife. Um, do you enjoy using this knife? Does it do a good job cutting? Um, is it 
uh, a bread knife and it cuts bread perfectly well? Or is it past its prime? Is it um, um, getting old and rusty and not sharpening up the way it used to? Um, and is this item essentially ready to retire? Or do you have another item that performs this job better that sparks more joy for you? For example, I had for a long time probably five or six different pairs of scissors and they all performed about the same way. Why did I have that many scissors? Who knows? But, you know, <laughs> there was definitely something to look at when I was thinking about um, which one of these items is the one that performs its job better and could I let the rest of these go? And when making these decisions, um, you always want to think about turning to gratitude. You can either say at the end of that decision-making process when it when it comes to each item, thank you for your service and let it go. Or you could say, I'm so glad you're still helping me. Yes, and just the fact that the item is helping you is so joyful. I always use the example of the birth certificate or the mm-hmm. um, passport, right? So paper category in and of itself is not usually super, super joyful because it has things like bills and, you know, tax documents, <laughs> things that aren't super fun, but we need them. And when we have them, that's super joyful um, when we're going on a trip or when we're preparing for our taxes. So mm-hmm. in the end, uh, they should be kept. And recently I even ran across this question when I was just having coffee with a friend. She was talking about how she's working through the KonMari categories on her own independently after reading the book. And she was a little bit torn about her bedroom set. She said it definitely did not spark joy. The furniture was not joyful because it was associated with her divorce and Mm. a a previous phase in her life that she was moving on from. So she asked me, like, Marie Kondo saying I should just sleep on the floor and just let let this go immediately? (laughs) And I said, no, 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 please don't do that. Um, (laughs) Definitely keep it, but start to make a list of these type of things. You mentioned, you know, right now you have other priorities um, where your money is headed um, that are outside of buying new furniture. But so that's okay. Make a list of all the things that you come across that don't necessarily spark joy, but you need to keep for a temporary amount of time with the intention to replace it. So this could be anything from furniture to, you know, black socks or, mm-hmm. you know, um, more pins, anything. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, it just helps to keep track, make as many notes as you can when you're going through this process. No, I love that. I love that example. That's such a good one and such a powerful one, you know, sure. it especially demonstrates how things evolve as we go through different, different transitions in our lives. Definitely. So now we'd love to explore the idea of setting your joy bar high by answering a question submitted by a Spark Joy listener, Kimberly. Spark Joy, I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and absolutely loved it. Thanks, Kimberly. We love that you're listening. Thank you so much. So her burning question is, What do I do with old Halloween costumes? I have reused them in the past. I have narrowed it down to one bin. Is that enough? So this is a great question. And the answer really can be applied to any seasonal or holiday item. Yeah, for sure. The first step, as always, would be to consider how you feel about Halloween itself. So start to shape that vision. Do you enjoy the process of getting ready for the holiday and all that goes with that? 
this will help you ground your decision, really coming to terms with your vision around Halloween items. And what this will help you determine what you keep and ensure that you devote the right amount of space in your home to store this category, the equal amount of space to how it is important in or not important in your life. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you want to pile up all of the Halloween costumes and decorations together in one place to get a good idea of what you actually have. Then, as always, picking up each one, decide if this item fits in with your vision So post-holiday is really a good time to do this because you will have been freshly reminded of how you felt when you were using each item in your home. Yeah, when it comes to costumes specifically, think about if you see yourself using these particular costumes or parts of the costumes um, for future Halloween. So try to avoid thinking in terms of whether you should use it because it's expensive or you only used it once. So you feel like you should keep it around. If you love it, you love it. So um, you don't wait, you know, for for next Halloween to roll around to make the decision, make the decision now. And and if it's yes, then by all means, keep. And actually, I love when my clients consider ways to reuse their Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. So examples of that would be to maybe uh, move a princess dress, you know, into maybe the year round costume section Mm -hmm. in your child's room or take a piece of a costume and integrate it into your wardrobe, (laughs) you know? Um, So there's always uh, opportunities to repurpose, but ultimately you just want to make the decision now Uh, if it sparks joy and if it's into your vision of what Halloween means to you. And you, you mentioned in your question, I want to point this out that you asked if one bin is enough. So as you've probably noticed here at spark joy, we don't go really deeply into how many items you should have um, in any different category, because that's actually not what's, what is it's not important <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Gunmari. It's it's actually irrelevant when it comes to Gunmari because again, this process gives you the permission to keep as many things as you'd like. It's not about uh, another person, you know, or another a co-host <laughs> or <laughs> uh, telling you how many of one particular item to keep. So you have the opportunity to determine what's enough based on the significance of this holiday in your life. So, for example, I have a client who loves Halloween. She has a great big house and she has a great big basement space that is perfect for haunted houses. So every year she has a haunted house for her community. Her kids get involved. uh, Her neighbors get involved. And it's a big deal. So when we came across this category, you know, she ended up keeping what other people might think as a lot of Halloween costumes. But it was clear to her that it was important in her vision mm. to hold on to things. So for example, she had one bin just for skulls. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> so um yeah, but we made it work. We came up with a number that she was comfortable with and we moved those items actually to the attic because the space where they were being stored was where she wanted to put a future in-home gym. So yeah, it's just a one big puzzle and you just move mm-hmm. things around until they make sense. And so keep in mind what we're saying basically is that the amount of space you devote to this or any category really circles back around to whether the future value of this item 
fits in with the amount of storage you're devoting to it. So if you can store your Halloween items and still feel joyful in your home, then that's the right amount of space and you've found your Halloween click point. We wish you the best of luck, Kimberly, and we would love for you to give us an update. Please tag us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter with your progress. So as a recap, use this opportunity of tidying to determine what joy means to you and learn about yourself through the process. Shape your personal criteria that's associated with what crosses the threshold of your home moving forward. And remember to keep your joy bar high. Yes, if it makes you happy, then the right choice is to keep it confidently, regardless of what anyone says. That's one of my very favorite Marie Kondo quotes. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave us a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. You can also join the discussion on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at sparkjoypodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.